Ah, yes, and that means only one thing, that music that we've all come to know over the last couple of years now. That is, of course, the introduction to Two Smoking Guns. Hello to you, Might be time to change the theme, Scotty. Well, I, I, Maybe I, we have a refresh. Well, I'll tell you what I'll say. But I do um, like it. As, uh, no, no, I do. I liked it from the day I heard it. But um, maybe a new year brings on new things. and Maybe know, we have a new variant. Maybe we just, uh, you know, I've always, I've always thought about... Um, you know, some of the country and western things. Oh, yes, like a so, little bit of a banjo. No well, no. yeah, a little bit of banjo, or nice. uh, it might even be F, F Troop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can look at all of that. So anyway, who knows? Homework and I suppose summer. that's a little bit of a segue to say, well, t- uh, today's going to be our last show as such. Well, live. Well, last live show, because uh, you, with all your magnificence of, uh, of things, buttons and otherwise, mm-hmm. um, I think you're going to cobble together nicely um, a, a little bit of a best of for our summer series. A very loose term best of. <laughs> um, some of? Some of. Uh, or just of. Some of the bits <laughs> of the two smoking guns this year that remain. Oh, we've talked about so many things across the journey, old son, I that know. I'm sure there's some uh, there's some funny bits in there and uh, we're trying to have more laughs than anything else. Yes. Uh, and that's the mantra of this show is to try and put a smile on your dial. A smile and, uh, on your dial. And bring you some stuff that's a little bit left of centre, and I'm sure we've got a bit more of that today. You betcha. Um, and of course, you know, well, I suppose we, we talk about summer, so we're embarking on, you know, the Poms have landed, their uh, cricket starts uh, next, God, next Wednesday. The, the cricket been in a bit of chaos of late. Hasn't the cricket been oh. in a bit of chaos of late? Crikey, so, um, yeah, there's, uh, there always seems to be controversy at certain times. In, anytime and, um, the Poms and the Aussies. Yeah. That's right, but I Get think, um, uh, but I've got a feeling because of our old mate um, Payne uh, having decided um, probably wisely to step oh, away. smart. And uh, and that's probably a good thing for him. Imagine the balmy army well, banter. I, well, I think when when they heard... They'll uh, be sorely disappointed. Well, I was going to say, army. because I, I think when they heard what uh, yeah. had transpired, yeah. I think they were working feverishly at some of their um, notable rhymes and... Well, Songs that they make, and there would have been a lot that that rhymed with ext. Yeah, well, I think there's a fair bit of that, um, uh, and uh, and the word pain. Mm, I yeah. would have thought. <laughs> correct. Anyway, uh, we wish uh, Mr. Payne well because I think he is uh, with his family, yes. uh, and others probably going to go through. You know, again, probably a, a little bit of a difficult time. So Some he just needs to he's just go through. Get himself right and look after yeah. his family and um, do whatever they need to do to uh, to just get back on. The back on race track. is on for who takes his spot. Yeah, so anyway, if you look at the two candidates. Yes, they are head to head on pretty much every stat known to well, I, cricket lovers. I did see that. Yes. So um, it will be fascinating yeah, to see, and I think the selection decision will be made before the weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, the only difference it would appear between them is um, is some age. I think yep. one's 24 and one's 30, yeah. so right. do you go with the more seasoned campaigner who's flying hmm. and... Uh, but the other chap as well has uh, obviously come well into contention. He's shortened, as they say. Yes, he's, he's firmed <laughs> he's in firm the betting. 
he might even be in the black eventually. Confirmed but, in the bedding. Um, anyway, good luck to uh, whoever does get the call up. Correct. I'm sure they'll do a sterling job. The, uh, we're looking as if we've got a, a pretty good side, but um, you can never uh, never underestimate the Poms. And, of course, they've brought their uh, their lethal weapon again. Oh, Jimmy. No, Lord Ian both. Oh, Lord. The Lord's coming <laughs> the out. Lord is, uh, the Lord has arrived, uh, is, uh, is my information. And uh, he'll be tearing around with some of the other media networks and yep. uh, doing his best work as always. Uh, and I know it's uh, it's being broadcast again back on one of the FM stations, which I quite frankly enjoyed the other summer. Hmm. Um, it was different. Um, you know, they had uh, Philip Tufnell and a few yes, other I- I- interesting cats, as they say. As long as I can hear Kerry O'Keefe. Oh, mate, sorry. Uh, Kerry the O'Keefe. mellifluous tones. Kerry O'Keefe. Kerry O'Keefe. My, my, my yeah, if you want, mate, if you're listening to Kerry O'Keefe, <laughs> <Yes, laughs> you need to get a life. <laughs> no, Kerry O'Keefe is a great He man. is hilarious, mate. They've played some of his shorts in some of the promos recently, mm, and uh, I'm laughing my leg off. I'm off you. to a cricket dinner on Friday night at the MCC. Oh, at the MCC. It might be the first time I've worn a suit and a tie for oh, about two years. I don't reckon one would fit me anymore. Well, I'm, well, I'm going to have to have shirt, a, suit. I'm going to have to have a try on tomorrow in case I need to go and buy some emergency supplies because it's been a little while. What did they say? Uh, who was the Queensland chap? Um, was it Hines? Uh, oh, Russ Hins. Yeah, uh, Russ Hins. They yes. said, did you ever hear about how they used to have to put his tie on? No. They put a finger up his bum and his head would come out like a tortoise. <laughs> just put it on really quickly. <laughs> I could just envisage uh, his head just popping out and quickly putting a tie you. on. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be all right, old son. Oh, yeah. uh, my, it's my motto in life. Just buy what fits. <laughs> buy what fits. <laughs> Wear what fits. Correct. Anyway, so we're going uh, we're gonna to have a, a cracking good show. I have no doubt we've got some uh, interesting bits and pieces flopping around. But can I, um, I actually, if it's okay with you, I'd like to start with, uh, we we did a a short segment last week where we had one of the categories covered, but not the second one. Right. And uh, and we'll develop this into uh, next year. Yes. And uh, I think we uh, we called it Shout Out and Get Out. Oh, this is your new segment. <laughs> this is the newbie that oh, uh, we've been trying to trial. And I think I've found some appropriate candidates. Good, very good. Along with some fantastic um, uh, imagery that went with this, um, both in still and live imagery, uh, mm. that is. So uh, my first of all, I'm going to start with the Shout Out. Mm. So my Shout Out is for um, DK Lilly. Yes. Who, along with uh, the Torpedo, mm-hmm. have just received legend status. I saw that. Did you see that? I, sp- I read an article on the DK yes. through the week. So if, if you read the article, mm-hmm. tell me the image that you saw of DK. Well, the image that I saw of DK was the, the full uh, chest of hair with the gold <laughs> uh, necklace bouncing. And ah. the cricket shirt open almost to the navel, <laughs> to the na- <laughs> and the hair and the mustaka yes. coming in, flying to terrorise the opposition batsman. Well, that's uh, that is one of the images yes. that I saw. But the one that really got my attention the most was him standing there, clearly at the end of uh, a day's play. Having a long neck. He had, he had a King Brown. <laughs> he had a King Brown, did he? Yes. So, uh, gone are the days where there's ice baths and stretching. He's no. just standing there, absolutely monstering a big long neck. But he, uh, he didn't like beer. 
Oh, really? So he turned them into shandies. Oh. So that long neck you saw was oh. half beer and half lemonade. Lemonade. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, as in contrast to the picture of uh, the torpedo who was in the pool <laughs> doing, his, <laughs> doing his best work. Right. Um, so anyway, so those two were my shout out. Oh, um, and an interesting story came to light through yeah. this course of said article. Yeah, right. He was the guy that suggested to Strop Cornell, who was managing him at the time, that he could get the Australian cricket team to do a rebel uh, match. So, in fact, he was the genesis for the ah, World Series cricket. Of which Kay... Strop uh, took it to, to, Mr. Packer. to Mr Packer. Yes. So I thought that was interesting in the history of the game. Yes, I don't think I've ever heard that particular yes. uh, anecdote about that yep. uh, the uh, the rise and development of uh, Series. So, uh, anyway, so here's my, um, here's my get out. All oh, right, so you've done a shout-out. So I've done and the shout-out, and now this is the get-out. This is the get-out. So okay. I don't know whether you saw on the weekend, uh, there was a game of soccer, or football, depending on what part of the world you come from. It was here or overseas? It was actually here, over in Perth. Okay. And it was uh, we were represented by the Matildas. Oh, yes. Which is yes, our the Australian women's, women's team. Yes. And they were playing the USA. Right. And I, I thought I'd heard something about the uh, start of the game in the introduction, and I actually couldn't believe my ears. And I thought, well, I've actually just got to watch just in case this is real or somebody's trying to wind me up. Right. Anyway, uh, two, the two teams are lined up on the field. Uh, they've done Welcome to Country in the war. Yes. That was lovely. Yes. Um, and then this uh, lovely young lass came out and, and did a fantastic version of um, Star Spangled Banner. Right. Which is um, the American uh, Which is the American National, National Anthem. Anthem yes. Standing there by herself. Yes. Um, and she sang the song and got through it beautifully. Uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, performing the National Anthem for Australia were the following. There were seven of them. <laughs> Really? Yes. What, a verse each? There were seven of them, and they all had skivvies on. Oh, you are kidding me. So. It wasn't. Let me step you through this. It wasn't. Wasn't this, was it? Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot Yes, it was. There you go, the Wiggles. In all their glory. Representing Australia, the Matildas, <laughs> then standing in front of them in all uh, of the... And, and so there's now... There used to be four, right? There's a Captain Feathersword there. Oh, 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 stand by. <laughs> so so there's seven of them. There are now three women as part of oh, that yes, lineup. There used to be one, I think. They've recruited. So there used mm. to be four, now there's seven. Yeah, um, So they stand there and the girls start to sing and then the boys sort of jump in over the back. So the Wiggles are standing there singing the Australian National Anthem. So there was only a couple of things wrong with it, right? Yeah. There was no Captain Feathersword. He was MIA. Yeah, what about the octopus? Um, um, uh, oh, yeah, what was it? What was Henry, it? What was Henry it? the octopus. Oh, Henry the octopus. Yes. And then there was no Dorothy the dinosaur. No Dorothy. And there was no Wags the dog. No Wags. <laughs> Did they arrive on stage so, in a big red car? Uh, <laughs> no, but they had the ball in their hand and they were going, hot potato, hot potato, <laughs> and checking for sandpaper, I think. Um, no, that's not true. Uh, that um, is, that is uh, so, imagine if that was broadcast live into the United well, States. you only had to look at the faces of the girls of the Matilda team who were standing there almost in disbelief uh, and wetting themselves well, at must, the fact that they were represented. They were, 
by the Wiggles on an international stage. Well, it's clearly set them up for their performance, which was a 0 3 yeah, loss. It was 0 3. And so there were only two other problems with the whole performance. Yeah. Uh, Jeff was asleep. Yes, that's right. And Murray had a bad head. Murray. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it, it, you wonder why we went down three zip uh, when, uh, yeah, when the mate. Wiggles turn around and go, good luck, girls. Good luck, girls. What a motivating <laughs> you know, and, performance. And, and get their hands and do whatever they do. And, you know, Wags goes and does whatever he does. <laughs> oh, look, I just couldn't. I honestly couldn't believe it. So I, I've got nothing more to say. But, then, um Get out! <laughs> Get out! Get out! Oh, fair enough too. I didn't. Uh, I, anyway, I the wheels not... are great for kiddies, and I get all that. And yeah. uh, but that's not the stage not, to uh, not, trot it. No, I mean, we we've, so. we've done enough damage with meat. There's plenty load. of practice Hadn't that's we... required for people that have got to do carols by candlelight oh, in a few yeah. weeks' time. Uh, exactly. So wheel them out. Wheel out Denny Walter. Yes. I mean. Arena Pryor would do a great job. Arena Pryor, Tina Arena, or was it that the Wiggles couldn't get out of the border? I don't know. (laughs) Seriously, and 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 what I'm thinking is probably even worse. They got paid. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm sure lots of people love the Wiggles, but not for me. Not on that stage. Get out. Well, we have a problem, Houston. (laughs) Oh right, we have a shortage of Santas. Oh. And as we head into summer and Christmas a month away, right, um, we have a bit of a problem. We have a Santa shortage. Really? Yes. Well, I would have thought plenty of blokes might have porked up nicely <laughs> <laughs> over the journey. I think we are available. <laughs> um, around half a million families will head to shopping centres around Australia this year. Yes. For their photo with yes. Father Christmas, yes. which is the age-old photography. Yes, it is. Where an old man has to have screaming and crying children pumped yep. on his lap yep. for the family memento. Because they're petrified. Because they're petrified <laughs> of this strange man in a red suit. Yes, correct. So COVID, uh, like it's affected everything in the world, yes. it's uh, affected the usual returnee Santas. Right. Because normally a lot of Sanders that would do this work are overseas. Can't get back in. Right. Um, and Victoria's of particular concern. Oh, dear. With multiple lockdowns and cautious residents not applying for the jolly roll this year. Oh. So when you retire, some of them apply for lollipop ladies or Santa, all yeah. that sort of stuff, yeah. just for a bit of extra yeah, just extra kept, income. Kept, kept the hand in. A Santa of seven years and spokesman for talent agency Seen to Believe, <laughs> spelt S-C-E-N-E. Oh, Seen to Believe, right, eh? Yep. Said some of the difficulty in hiring newcomers stemmed from a misconception around who could be a Santa. Right. His quote, all you need is a love of Christmas yes. and a positive, friendly personality. And a big gut. He said... <laughs> And a red suit and a big <laughs> We currently have Santa's availabilities from the age of 25 to 83, and it goes on to uh, advertise the hotline if you want to apply. Stop it. Santa jobs at seentobelieve.com. Oh, my goodness. So if you're at a loose end yeah, uh, in the weeks leading up to Christmas, Scotty, <laughs> just 
You could apply and become a Santa. Right. And help so, out with our chronic Santa shortage so, that we have at the moment. So given that you've just indicated that there are um, Santas between the age of 23 and 85, do we now have age-appropriate Santas for the people that go and get photos? I think we do. Right. I think we oh, no, there's availabilities. Right. I don't know why I have to be a minimum of 25. Stone. <laughs> <laughs> probably dead right there. Oh well, that's a so, that's a bit, well. Maybe they just maybe the the, the cardboard cutout's going to make a comeback. Well, it's going they to might, have to. They, well, I mean, maybe they need to get a hologram of a Santa. They don't. They can't have enough real ones. Yeah, well, you just have to make some. We'll get some three D <laughs> printer ones. Well, <laughs> pop them in. There's a point. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we've got lots more to cover, but we'll um, we'll take a quick uh, little a break. Look after some sponsors, do and we? we do all of that paraphernalia. We love their work. Back in a, in a sec. Right. Now, we were talking before about the chronic Santa shortage. Yes, we were. And um, I, I don't know why I'm segueing to this, because it has absolutely nothing to do with it. But um, I did come across a, a little article on the weekend that concerned me a little bit. Oh, yes. And this is a sort of a, a health warning and a good taste warning. It worries me when you're concerned, because <laughs> not much bothers you. <laughs> it's about the dog meat industry. Oh, no. Yes. What could possibly go wrong here? <laughs> so um, what's happening is uh, dog meat could apparently disappear from restaurants in South Korea after the government appointed a task force this week to look at banning eating the animals. Why was it there in the first place? Well, <laughs> well, eating oh. dogs oh, no. has been part of Korean culture for centuries, <sighs> although its popularity has fallen in recent years. Oh, thank God. Thank goodness for uh, that. There were fewer than 100 dog meat restaurants in Seoul in 2019, which is, which is, which, which is good. Right. And the last major dog meat market closed this year. Right. Um, Lee Won Bok, who's head of the Korea Association for Animal Protection, said South Korea is the only developed country where people eat dogs, an act that is undermining our international image. Um, even if K-pop band BTS and the Korean TV drama Squid Game are ranked number one in the world, foreigners are still associating South Korea with dog meat. So um, apparently they still consume dogs in North Korea, China, Vietnam and South Korea. So there you go. Younger people are fighting back, preferring to uh, have pet dogs as opposed to eating said well, dogs. That's n- <laughs> probably, a poll probably gets our vote last <laughs> year by the Humane Society International showed that 84% of Koreans did not or will not eat dog and 60% supported a ban on the trade. However, the plans will face opposition from older Koreans who insist the meat is a tradition part of their cuisine and blah, 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 blah. So as the owner of two Labradors, I took, the article took mine. Took one. There's a rather disturbing photo, which I'll hold up, which oh. the listeners can't see. Oh, no. The group of elderly Korean uh, gentlemen, mm. and I'll, I'll use the term <laughs> wisely, tucking in. With chopsticks. With chopsticks. So um, oh, rather distasteful. That certainly won't be on my menu at Christmas time. No. <laughs> and I suppose, I mean, it's an... It, I sp- I suppose it is an interesting discussion, isn't it? When you when you say they've been doing it for thousands of years or hundreds of years or whatever it is, and yet we eat whale meat and yes. we eat... There's some other things that um, get on plates where people might think that that's not a great thing to do and that probably still happens in this country. It's a very interesting debate about um, what is... Um 
what what is tasteful and not, and it obviously varies by ethnicity and yep. country. And um, yep, there are certain things that, by my cultural upbringing, I wouldn't eat. Yeah, no, uh, but it even but our go- generations prior may maybe would have. But then it even goes further because I was actually watching a, a bit of a doco the other day about croc farming. Yes, where they are purely bred in order to make eating. no for handbags, and oh, shoes, right. and, you know, and that and selling for squillions, mm. squillions of dollars. And so the argument being, is a croc farm okay, or is that any different to a cattle farm? Or True. a sheep farm. Yeah. Or lambs. Mm. I mean, lambs sort of make me sort of stop and think twice a bit. Mm. Um, but you don't want to have to stop for too long because we've been doing that for thousands of years. We've been doing that for years. thousands of years. So that's why it becomes an interesting topic and mm. debate as to... We frown upon it because we've got these beautiful creatures running around in our house and they, they're like our family. Yeah. Um, but other animals might seem like family to other people as well and yet we happily... Carve up, serve up, gulp down, hmm. I guess. But um, a topic for another day, I think, old chap. We'll, we'll, keep, well, we'll keep the mood light for our last live show. It does <laughs> beg the question, Scotty. It does. Um, what's in a Chico roll? <sighs> Every animal what's on the in planet. What's in a I'll tell so you we what. We really don't know, do we? What you, we're eating a lot of the time. Wouldn't you love to give one to a, uh, a forensic scientist? Give one to the people... <laughs> And get them to dissect CSL or the CSIRO. Tell us what's in a what's Chico the roll. definitive recipe? Yeah. I don't think we well, want we to know. We could get someone from Chico who used to work there who might roll. have the recipe. Yeah. Do you think it would be a, a closely guarded secret like the Colonel's 21 herbs finger licking herbs and spices? I'll tell you what, it would be a secret, right? Because <laughs> you really just don't. You wouldn't want it to get out. Well, there's, that begs the question. When was the last time you ate one? It would be 20-plus years yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them around, and I've, I've just got no attraction to it whatsoever. I had a, a dim sim from the South Melbourne market well, last week. Well, that's mandatory. And <laughs> I did school. wonder whilst I was eating it why I was eating it, and as it repeated on me all day, <laughs> I wondered they, why I'd done that. They, they, yeah, if you order the uh, the bag of three repeaters, <laughs> they, they do jump up and get you a bit <laughs> throughout the day. A, they just give you a constant yeah. reminder. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's, it's that it's like that all-day sucker. This yes. is just an all-day <laughs> all uh, flux. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that you it's get. amazing. Uh, and yet they sell a bazillion of them. A bazillion. Hey, don't they a ever. A bazillion. Hey, um... Uh, we know we're talking about uh, robots and all those sort of things coming, and we yeah. talk about space, and we love talking about space. And we talked about robot interviews or something we, last week, didn't we? Uh, something yeah, like something like that, where they were, and then we've talked about you know robots working in um, restaurants. Yes, and because in fact, the one I saw the other day was the fact that um, uh, the restaurants uh, were using robots because there was a shortage of staff. Yes, but so, the robots were expensive. Well, yeah, well they are and they aren't. Because I've actually, in fact, uh, I think I've shared this with you before. There's the the big establishment down on a Pena Highway, the mm-hmm. um, uh, the Field of West, um, and uh, in one of those restaurants, um, I sat there one day and had a robot whiz past me with <laughs> a whole bunch of plates delivering them to tables, and that was uh, it was during COVID, but early on. Um, so I wouldn't have thought there was a shortage of staff sort of back then, but the, anyway, that was that was then about non-contact. So the robot would just yes, go and of course. To, he'd go up to the counter and go, 
I'm here. <laughs> and they'd load him up yep. and then plug in the numbers and then off it they'd off go. It off it went to all the tables and people just lifted it off and then went back and reloaded. I really like the concept for a, for a, um, a Yamcha. Oh, yes. Where the robot is just an automated car. Oh, 100%. And just doodles around the oh, restaurant. Yeah. 100%. Because every time you're hungry, where's the girl with the car? Yeah, yeah. I just like C3PO to come C3PO past. or RTD2 <laughs> with a tray yeah. full of ginger prawn dumplings. Yeah, imagine. And then, you know, it gets there and then you press a button to say reload and bring us more of those. <laughs> reload. Yeah, R2. It's got a whole lot bring of Bring back the Sticky pork buns while you're there. Mate, it's got a whole lot of applications. Don't worry about that. Anyway, the next uh, environment that these uh, bots are going into are kindergartens. Are they? Yes. So let me just talk you through this. Pint-sized robots. Uh, They're actually 24.5 centimetres tall. (laughs) So they're little robots. Little ones. Um, Robots are being trialled as teaching aids in kindergartens to help prepare the next generation for a high-tech future. Well, that's good. Sort of. Um, Not sure how tactile they are, but the Alpha Mini, Mm. as I said, 24.5 centimetres tall, and can dance, lead sing-alongs, recite stories, and even teach kung fu moves as children mimic its push-ups and one-legged balances. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to say, I want one. I want (laughs) one. You can just go around and pick up all the kids' clothes off the floor, and that'll be a good start. The robots help with the kids' creativity. Uh, teacher uh, Bayun Siong said during a visit to the bright and busy Maru Nursery in Seoul, the robot's eyes wink and blink, and its pupils become heart-shaped during conversation. The robots are being trialled in 300 Seoul uh, nurseries uh, and childcare centres with the government recommending the program for children aged three to five. I wonder, always wonder with robots, you know, you just sit on the movies a bit, don't you? Whether they can be reprogrammed. Whether they... To do evil. Whether they develop a conscience. Or they develop AI. (laughs) And go... Rogue. Go rogue. <laughs> There's nothing better than a good robot oh, going rogue. Right, going rogue in a kindergarten. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, have you seen the latest, uh, uh, the, the the latest version of Lost in Space, guys? No. Did you watch Lost in Space? Not as a really. Kid? I, I found I, I, I found the um, the the villain in it. A bit uh, creepy, Doctor Smith. Yeah, found him a bit creepy. Yeah, he's just a scared weird, me. He's a just bit. a weirdo. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a new uh, version, sort of a very modern version of Lost in Space, and I I got right into it. Okay. It was really cool. Was it a film or a uh, Well, it, no, it's a series. Oh. Um, so you can go and dial it up, you know, Lost in Space, New mm. Generation, or whatever it's called, can't remember. Um, but Old Mate Robot goes rogue. Oh, it does. <laughs> oh yes. yes. So uh, if you want to see uh, a robot going a bit rogue, then uh, have a crack at that. But no, I loved it, actually. It was... It was it was quite good. But Ro- no, I loved Lost in Space. I was With uh, the robots that you introduced me to were those ones in the American military. Oh, my goodness. Remember wow. earlier in the year oh, you yeah. showed me some footage of those oh, oh, ones that just... can, they knock them over and they get up and they... Oh, absolutely. They, they, they had... root, toot and shoot and well, they, you know, a civilian walks in, they don't shoot the civilian right. and they shoot the baddie yep. and they, they do all oh, that. The, the technology that sat inside those S- things were was super put, scary. Put, put that... Software microchip in the kindergarten robot. 
Oh, oh, a, Give he, them a water pistol. <laughs> here's an idea. Make a thousand of them and send them to some of the hotspots around the world. They'll have it cleaned up in about a they day. <laughs> Don't need any uh, police on, pro- oh, on horses. Well, and- it'll spot. Well, and of course, you know, there'd, there'd be no more friendly fire. No. So if you were, if you looked as though you were a local, but you weren't, um, you'll be all right. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. Bang. Bang. Yeah, but no, they were amazing. Uh, that was something to behold. Now, what do you have for me? We're talking about robots. I wanted to talk to you about hackers. <clears throat> hackers? Because the way a, a robot goes rogue, of course, yes. is by hacking. Yes. Or, you know, something like that. Fishing. <laughs> Fishing with a P. So, well, this is, comes with a warning that I don't know what I'm about to talk about. Right. So it's not a language warning. It's but just I, a warning. I think it's a good news story because what's happening here yes. is um, I'll, 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 this is ethical hacking. Right. Right. So basically, what it is is we have there's a team of there's hackers that like do it to test companies' defences, firewalls, and so they're doing it yep. for you know yep. for good, not evil kind yes. of thing. Yep. So um, there's a, there's a, it's a great article. It's called Cybercrime, yeah. um, and this guy he can pick locks, avoid security cameras, bypass electric fences, dodge guards. He's broken into data centres, critical infrastructure sites, and stolen sensitive information. That's all of an evening before daytime. <laughs> and uh, he's a senior executive at one of Australia's largest cyber security firms. Right. And he's got 140 hackers, and they're hired by companies large and small, big banks, energy suppliers, to find weaknesses in their security. Yes. So they... Um, they he was an accountant by trade <laughs> until he got into this. Um <laughs> But um, he's been doing it for some time, and he heads the penetration testing uh, division, um, <laughs> who blend complex coding with a penchant for breaking the rules. Wow. And this is all important because the Australian Cybersecurity Centre's uh, annual report, released last year, found cyber attacks had increased by 13% over the 12 months of June, yep. equating to one reported attack every eight minutes. Wow. Number of ransomware attacks in, on Toll Group and US... Or, oil giant colonial pipeline that have wreaked havoc. The Reserve Bank of Australia uh, had a successful cyber attack to, against a major bank. Yes. Um, so this is this is the new war, Yeah. right? Yep. This is where it gets fought. We've talked before in the program about all of the Russian and Chinese-sponsored hacking yes. groups. Yes. So these are the guys that are defending us. So right. um, I think... We also talked, We it needs to be um, not just a private venture, no. but we need the government to be hiring people in this space yes. um, to defend our essential infrastructure. Yes. Because this is the way we're going to get shut down in future by people getting inside our critical infrastructure sites. So I thought it was a good article. I yep. thought we need more of these guys on our side. Yes. It's a little bit do. James Bondy, a little yeah, bit no, M. That's good. And a little bit Q and all of that. But. Um, they, they there's money in this too. If you're half decent at this yeah, sort of caper, they're paying big coin. Yeah, they are um, to get people on on board. So we're looking for people with an inquisitive mind. He said, the ability to research, the ability to be challenged, and not give up along the way until they get the outcome they need. So, um, well, there was a very interesting article of a world I know very little about. Well, um, but um, they play an essential role. Well, that's that's exactly what my brother does. Right, so he actually will build a program right. and get his own internal people to try and hack it, Brilliant. so that they can. So they're trialing it. Did you break it? Yes. Okay, we're going to have to do better. 
So, um, wow. and he's worked for insurance companies and banks. And, oh, yeah. Uh, in, all sorts of a man of, in demand. I would have thought. Yeah, well, and absolutely. And they uh, and some of the stories he told about who he can see around the world that's looking at us and it's trying scary. to get in through. And, when, and we're pretty good at giving our data up, aren't we? Well, I mean, we're we're not even very good at stopping a very big ship from another country sitting off our coast for three weeks, <laughs> um, collecting stuff <laughs> all about us. Yeah. And then it just toddled off. Toddled off. Yeah, I saw that the other day. And yeah. I just, they said, it's been here for three weeks. Yeah. Um, did you think about knocking on the door and asking them what they're doing? Hello. Yeah. Avon calling. Uh, <laughs> could you go home, please? Yes. Get out. Go away. Go <laughs> yeah. away. Get out. And that's just the one we could see. Yes. Well, so that's the ones been, that you can't yes, see. Are the might ones have been a few under the see. water as well. That's that, the million spaceships oh in God, space. Seriously. I'm, well, in fact, I got hacked. Uh, I say I got hacked. I got some money taken from my account last week. There you go. Um, and my bank, uh, no need to mention them, but because they're all th- doing the same sort of thing. Well, they're on the same sort of program. So, you know, I got a, uh, I got a message saying we've recognised a, a transaction that doesn't look normal. And um, they're good for, now, aren't they? Na- that way. Oh yeah, very good. No, but it's happened to me now. I think probably about four times over the last you know, two or three years. But yeah, you get this notification. We've put a block on your on your. Account you can't use it, but um, give us a buzz. And um, sure enough, you go through to the fraud section and, you know, they're all over it like a like a cheap soup. They're very good. So and like then, a seagull you know, on a chip. And I cleaned yeah, that up. No, they're, they're just all over it. I was going to say a cupcake and something else, but it's probably not appropriate either. But anyway, uh, there we go. There we go. Um, now, well, what we'll do yes. is we'll... Um, You've got some music for us today? Well, I do. What we'll do, I think... What I want to take you through, yeah. we'll just set it up, then we'll take a little break and we'll come back. Right. Uh, it's summer soon. Yeah. Well, today or tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or t- whenever. Yeah. Whenever. December. Tomorrow. Um, and I thought I'd uh, take you on a bit of a quiz of, of some of the more popular summer songs. Summer songs. Right. And I thought, given that, given that um, that's, that's my penchant to do so... <laughs> I will play you a snippet of some of these summer songs and see if you can guess what they are. They're not. They're pretty easy. Okay. You know I'm not great at this No, I this know you're game. not good at this. So That's can, what makes it so much can you, fun. Can you give me grease with summer loving? <laughs> so, I'll do my level best. <laughs> this is where I go to the dance corner. Right, we'll take a little, little break and then we'll be back to test your general knowledge. Thanks so much. Okay, it's the moment quivering, quivering in the corner. Right here. Right, yeah. So, oh. Scotty, uh, there's 14 songs. Oh, dear me. And let's just see how you go. Can we go to number 13, please? <laughs> Sorry, I've only got to we'll be quick. Two. We'll be quick. Oh. All right, so here we go. And uh, so here we go. So, uh, song number one. Yep. Buddy Holly's sort of... Well, it's close, yes. It's Summertime Blues, as you know, with Eddie Cochran. Right Eddie Eddie Cochran. Cochran. Yep, right Very good. I know the song. Very good. You'll get this one. First real six string. I got my first real six string. Summer of 69. Very good. Summer of 69 by Brian. 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 Brian's good. Brian Adams. Brian's good. All right, here we go. Summer Lovin'. Very close. 
we're going on a summer holiday. Very good. That's by. There we go. It's by Cliff Richard. Oh, oh, the man that never ages. The man. What is he? 140 He's now. Nine, he yeah, looks yeah. 19. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, summer of 69. No, no, we just had that. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, no. Boys of Summer. Very good. Yep. Very good. Straight out of the box. Yep. Don Henley there. Don Henley. You might need a bit of help. Strawberries, cherries, and an angel's kiss in spring. My summer wine Summer wine it's Very good Do you know who this is? Boots do, My boots are made for walking Help you Oh uh, These boots are made for walking This is Nancy Sinatra And Lee Hazel I haven't heard that for a while but Lee Hazel yeah, Boots are made for walking Lee Hazel Hazelwood's got the big deep voice Alright yeah. uh, You might know this one Okay Summer loving. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Summer nights by <clears throat> Summer nights. John Travolta and uh, O N J. Yes. Yes. All right. Try this one off the side. Purple. Never heard it. Never heard the song. It's a B-52s. Is it? The 52s? The 52s. Singing Summer of Love. I don't reckon I've ever heard them sing that. You might know this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's her name? Oh, my God. Oh, my love. That's her. Yes. Summer Rain. And, and you're looking for Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. Yeah. From the go-go. Yeah, no, I like Belinda Carlisle yes. too. She's good. Summer of 69. No, different year. Oh, summer of... Summer of... 65. 70. It's Mondo, right? Of course. Yeah, Mondo. It's yeah, summer of 81. Oh, 80. It's just out there for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years. That's yeah, Monday. Right. Oh, you make me live. Some of time, some of love. Boy, you make me live. Hang on. Some love like no other love. Correct. Yeah. From Sherbet. Sherbetsky. And uh, on a similar note. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, God. Keep going. Keep going. Boys of Summer. No. Oh, oh mate. Horses. Oh, mate. Yeah, him. Mm-hmm. Summertime. <laughs> Will you get to the summer, please, Daryl? <laughs> So it's Daryl. 
Yeah, clearly. Dazzler. Yeah. One summer, that was one called. Summer, one called. summer. Yeah, yes. Interesting how sometimes you can know the lyrics and yet you don't the, the title the name, of the song is sort of hidden in there somewhere. And sometimes it could just be not so obvious. This one might take a little bit to get there, so I'll just speed it up a bit. Summer, no, summertime. No. Summertime. Summertime. In the summertime. In the summertime. By yeah. the mixtures. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, you like yeah, that? know it. Yeah, yeah. Familiar. Um, now, we had one more here. Just uh, two more. Summer love. Uh, oh. Well done. Summer night. Summer night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's by a band called Night. See, I'd know more of these songs than I would half the songs these days. Well, that's right. It's You've a bit done, like footy numbers. You've done really well. You only missed on one, I think. This is, um, is this You Better, You Better, You Bet? <laughs> no, it's not. Sounds like it. But i tell you what we might do is we might take this track. Well, no. I'm not fucking fast forward because it takes a while to uh, work it, work to, into itself. To, to get... Get going. Yes. Yeah, it does. It's a lovely song. Yeah, right. Any danger that somebody can say some words any second now? Oh, they're building up. To oh, it. they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not much of the show. <laughs> go on, keep going, though. Yeah, no, you'll, Come get, on. you'll get a little sick. Here we go. All right. I don't think I've heard this. Here we go. Yes, I've heard. You know the riff? Yes, I know the riff. It's a fair while ago. Yeah, it was a little while ago. But there you go. There's some summer songs. I like those. You got all of those, mostly. Well, I I knew most of them anyway. I didn't get all of the titles. Hopefully, get get the listeners ready for summer. Yeah, spot on. Because summer's all about playing summer songs. (laughs) Now... (laughs) In my world, yes, it is. Yes, it should be. In my world, it is at least. Um, well, speaking of summer, yes. um, I came across uh, a familiar um, uh, face on our screens yes. and uh, and on uh, other um, other media, let's just say. And this particular lass uh, decided that she would go and have a holiday over in Fiji. F1J1. F1J1. And uh, she is F1, F1S. <laughs> oh, I think I know where you're going. The Boxster. The Boxster. The Boxster. So the Boxster Fee-fee has box. taken off with... Um, off to F1J1. Yeah, with her daughter, Trixie. Mm. 
Trixie. Um, yeah. There's a name. And just before she left, uh, she became quite a fan of the uh, uh, series Game of Thrones. I've not watched it. Haven't you? Not watched an episode. Haven't I you? I think I'm the person on the planet. You're the one. I'm the one. You should watch it. I'm saving it up for oh, some yeah. time. Save it up for summer. You okay. should. You should watch it. Um, and there's another good film I I've just got a good one there. going at the minute. Oh, have you? What's that? Yellowstone. Oh, I've heard that's oh, meant to be it's good. Very good. Is it? Very good. I saw a very good film with Denzel Washington, an old mate who plays Bohemian Rhapsody, who plays Queen. Oh yes, he um, plays the baddie in James Bond. Yeah, but he uh, these two played a film called The Little Things. Go and find that. Little Little Things. Yeah, the Little Things. You'll enjoy cool. that too. Anyway, um, FIFIS went to F one J one with uh, the Trickster. Yeah. Uh, but Fifi and Trixie. <clears throat> Trixie. So um, they have a Chihuahua with them. It just no. sounds like they should. No, there was just the two of them, <laughs> Rutsy. Um, so she went there, and um, where they stayed, there was what was known as unstable Wi-Fi. <laughs> right, okay. I've never heard of unstable Wi-Fi. I've well, heard that's of, where it chops in and out. Yeah, so anyway. But so, they'd be on an island somewhere. So yes. she decided that while she was there, clearly there's nothing else to do in Fiji except stay in your room and watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> on her... Personal hotspot. On her personal hotspot. Right. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? I think I might yeah. be. I was so into the Game of Thrones that once the lobby was asleep, I would be lying there. Oh, once the lobby. Once the, <laughs> once the Once the baby was asleep. That's where I was going. Going beautifully. Uh, I'd be lying there watching episodes and falling asleep, not knowing the Wi-Fi would be dropping in and out. Um, and my data was on. Yeah, mobile roaming. <laughs> So, warning Will, warning Will Robinson. So, Mobile she data. comes back from said holiday. Oh, I can't wait. So, I came this. back to Melbourne and she said, I was presented with the bill. Um, the phone was actually her work phone, so it was provided to her by oh, her employer. Wow, even better. <laughs> <laughs> so, she describes it as that was a scary time. I did not want to see that. That was a chat with my boss that was not fun. <laughs> I don't know what happened after that. I just got asked to remember to turn my data off. She came home to a bill of $500,000. Whoa, that's a beauty. <laughs> Could you imagine so sitting there? So she's now working for free for the next five years. 500 she? years, yeah. <laughs> uh, so could you imagine coming... You get the thief. Could you just pop up uh, to management? Pop up to level three. You pop up to management for him. <laughs> say, just, just got to run something past you. Yeah. Um, did you have your data on and while you were in Fiji? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a schoolgirl error. Here's a uh, here's a Jack and Jill for half a mil. <laughs> so when she said, um, "I don't know what happened to it after that." It was, it was taken, removed from her possession. Well, I, I would have thought somebody had to do that. So, um, anyway, it goes on to talk about other things. But um, yes, you can imagine. Imagine if you took one of your youngsters and they had the data turned on and you'd gone out. Well, it happens a lot, I would have thought, because don't they have their um, iPads and yeah, stuff? And all of that. 
Yeah. So you but just, they normally would download stuff for That's them. sort of a bit of an old trick for new players, that one, isn't it? So $500,000 for what's described as the game of phones. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So anyway, there you go. She's a... Uh, that well, is, uh, don't yeah. Know if she learned a lesson. She didn't have to pay the bill, but well, it no, sounds she a bit probably bit... didn't learn a lesson because she didn't oh, have to pay the bill or part thereof. Gee whiz. Anyway, um, but that'll learn you. Yeah, exactly. That'll and then, learn you. And then, speaking of um, some astronomical figures, if I could just uh, borrow your time just for a moment more, um, uh, it's draw dropping. <laughs> Try and say that. I tell you, this is from Boston. Oh, so, good town. Overseas correspondent, this one. Good town. The entry in a small time antique collector's stock book read uh, stock number 8907, Albert Durer Madonna and Child Drawing, uh, with a price tag of $30 for this drawing. Are you familiar with the said artist? Um, what's his name again? Albert Durer, D U R E R. It says Albert Durer, Madonna and Child well, drawing. I know, I know the the Madonna and Child right. um, um, drawing or artwork. Let me continue. Yes. The anonymous man had picked up the sketch of mother and child at a sale of contents of a large house in Concord, Massachusetts in 2016. Now scholars have identified it as a drawing by 16th century German artist uh, Albrecht Dura. Hmm. Its value? Care to hazard? Well, she picked it up for 30 bucks. 30 bucks. 30,000. 50 million. Wow. 50 million. The drawing retitled The Virgin and Child with a Flower on a Grassy Bench 1503 will soon be sold at auction in London. Wow. Does she get that? Absolutely. Wow. She's Find his keepers. She's, you know, she's picked it up for 30 bucks and uh, said seller obviously has no concept of what it is. <laughs> and she's about to get circa 50 mil. Wow. That's huge. She has to pay back the 30 bucks she borrowed. <laughs> <laughs> How about that, eh? Can you, I mean, it's one of those things where you just go, wow. It's thirty bucks, and it's you know it's a Van Gogh, but no one knows. Oh, I've got a away great, you go. Yeah, there's there's a million stories like that. Yeah, yeah I know. A million stories yep. like that. Yep. Anyway, good luck to her. Uh, on a similar note, yes. Um, we're still in the world of money. Yeah, well, yeah, we are. Right. We're in the world of crypto. Oh, <laughs> no, no one glaze over. Oh, it's glaze over. <laughs> anyway, but no, if I told to me, to you no, that I need this to, was linked, I need to this was linked to Penfolds. Ah, your eyes have suddenly brightened up again. You so, have my attention. Yes. <laughs> so, think of crypto. Yep. And think of Penfolds. Yes. So, what Penfolds have done, um, the wine brand, of course. Yes. They've gone into the brave new world of, I've mentioned this name before, and I'm not swearing at you when I say non-fungible tokens. Yes, correct. Um, they have launched a, a non-fungible token um, related to its limited release McGill Seller 3 Barrel. Yeah. So this is a barrel of wine yep. by McGill Estate yep. called Scylla 3, but yep. they're not selling it to the general public. Right. They're selling it via this... Crypto. NFT or Tokens. funds. Um, so um, what happens is NFTs are a digital crypto asset, right? yes. very popular yes. um, in, in, in the world at the moment. 
And the um, there's a lot of people selling art, selling music, selling different sorts of things right. um, through that process. Yes. They want a piece of the action pen folds. So they've partnered with uh, a Bitcoin operator. And um, the barrel is going to turn into 300 bottles. Yep. Uh, and each bottle is going to be its own NFT, um, all verifiable through the blockchain, and each bottle being identified with a barrel and bottle number. Yep. And it's a digital receipt that verifies the buyer's ownership and authenticity of the wine bottle can be transferred or resold through the blockchain but cannot be redeemed. Huh? Right. So basically they're storing all these bottles for future and the value of said bottle you yep. can buy now over the over the NFT and yep. purportedly because it's a limited release will potentially go up in value and you can sell that at a future date. Yes. And then at some future point in time when it's ready to drink, yep. you know, as Pensfold wines down the track, you could redeem it for a bottle potentially. So I thought that was an interesting way of, of yeah. and I don't know how Pinfold they make a clip clearly on yeah, all of that, I would have thought somehow. But, um, Does it, it change the value though, as opposed to doing a normal transaction whereby you just go and buy one of the 300 bottles and put it away and then no, well, give it to an auction? It's stored uh, until the purchaser, whoever owns it at the time, yep. decides to redeem it for the physical bottle, which they can then drink. Right. So... Um, because it's not available for public purchase, it makes it a bit of a collector's item. So um, they're actually right. just putting their toe in the market to see um, whether this is a new way of buying and trading luxury wine. So you're telling me it's going to be an uncollectible collectible? Correct. <laughs> so put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, that's an oxymoron. And we've got to go. Oh, uh, no. So on that note. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. No, um, thanks for listening. Yes. We've had a blast again. Uh, we aren't going to go away. There will be some things to listen to between now and you know, sometime early in January or mid-Jan or late Jan or somewhere in there. Stitch something together. Mate, I've had a blast with you again as always. Merry Christmas to you and your family. To all of our listeners, you've been listening to Two Smoking Guns in 2021. Have a safe, merry and enjoyable Christmas. <laughs>